It's February 14th, 2022. This is Rook. Passion, partnership, and Persians. On this Valentine's Day and week, we take the opportunity to assess the practices and proclivities of Persian immigrants when it comes to matters of the heart. What are our issues when it comes to love? I'm joined by two popular psychologists in the Rook studio, Yasemin Kadimi, a psychotherapist, certified counselor, and public speaker, and Nedo Bayot, a life and leadership coach and hypnotherapist. They're here to untangle the state of balancing modern love and traditional culture in Persian relationships. Plus, the Rook on-air team are all set to go with talk of Valentine's gifts and census category omissions. This is Conversations from, to, and about the Iranian diaspora. I'm Gian Gomeshi. This is Rook. Hi there, welcome to episode 167 of Rook. Hope you're keeping well wherever you're tuning in from around the world. Hello to you from Toronto, Canada. Salam. Dustan Aziz. Durud Bashomar. Salam, salam. Happy Valentine's Day. We are celebrating Valentine's by bringing in uh, two very fine psychologists to the Rook studio today to discuss the issues and status of love and relationships in the Persian diaspora. Yasemin Karimi, Neda Bayat. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, this is going to be, I, I, I hope, I presume, a very Rook conversation about the nature of of um, the dating and marriage and, and relationships in, in, in and amongst Persians. So uh, looking forward to that. Speaking of um, dating and relationships in Persians, uh, hello, Groovy Shaya. <laughs> Strange segue, but I was just thinking, thinking about you and I, that's all. Our, our unspoken and spoken love yes. for each oh, other. Yes. Uh, and hello, the fabulous Keon. Hi, Jean. And our returning champion. Hey. Uh, welcome back to Captain Reza. Hello, sir. Uh, last week, uh, and look at, did you see how excited he is? <laughs> He's happy. Overjoyed. This week in Miami that you were, <laughs> that you went for your birthday yes, and uh, yes. it did some kind of, are you? I don't know if you're oh. still tripping or what you're very <laughs> you're, you're well i don't know yeah, you just seem like <laughs> you seem very happy and I'm excited overjoyed. and uh, you have a new haircut oh yes i do actually yes. for people who might be interested i cut my hair short i know i know i know no, I do. does he have a girlfriend <laughs> listen Man. keon this girlfriend of his i mean i know we've talked about this before every time you know, Reza. Not only does he go to to Miami, I think he he, he was invited by his. I think uh, the, the girlfriend bankrolled the trip to Miami. It's but, my birthday. But but That's then true. he's posting all these like a whole new wardrobe, and he's got. And I'm like, everything I ask, I'm like, where'd you get these new oh. tassel shoes? You know, it's like, oh, my girlfriend got them for me. You know, we went to House of Gucci. And I'm like, what kind of a 
this is like some sort of this is like it's some true love is what it is no it was ah, my birthday I, I i try to make her birthday really special and uh it, it sort of what it was in the middle of covid mm-hmm. but then uh this year she w- we hadn't been away like ever we've never traveled together because mm-hmm. we met during covid mm-hmm. So oh, first was trip pumped. as a couple. First trip wow. as a couple. Okay, that's it special. Was, yeah, it was. You learn a lot special. about someone when you travel. You do. Yes, you're 100 percent right. How'd that and go? Amazing, actually. Overall, like great average. I'm very <laughs> great happy. Great average. <laughs> <laughs> we all have ups and downs. We all have our issues, but uh, no, man, best trip of my life, hands oh, down. Yeah. Best trip of your life. Of my life. Even Whoa. better than the the jail in China. Uh, <laughs> slightly. That was that was a lot more. Uh, I had a lot more action going on there. <laughs> this was more relaxing. Shia, so you really you're with us, right? Yes. Your, is your microphone on? Yes. Yeah. I think he's feeling left out because what Dude. we did, we did something different this time. We did. Yeah. Reza usually sits next to Shia over there. You now know, you're in the studio, I and all know. of a sudden he's quiet. I Should I videotape us a little bit so that we can like maybe record, like show it later to the audience? All right. Yeah, I'm gonna selfie it. Here you go. Thanks for. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This is the new setup. Um, and, 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 and where were we before? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Reza, yeah. Yeah. I had a question. He's so excited. He's I'm got the video. I mean, if only he'd been like this for the last <laughs> two know, years, right? we'd have got some business out of you. I think that's him. the reason because vitamin D, man, I was in front of the, like, I was laying down in the sun all day long. Oh. That's why I'm cheerful. Like, three years. Like, the I didn't. Two big S's, sun yeah. and sex, huh? That's right. My question is what are you going to do for Valentine's Day today? Oh, man. I don't know. How I'm gonna top that one because <laughs> now it's on. It's no bad tea. Now it's on yeah, you. Exactly. She's taking you to Miami. Bought you eight new wardrobes. <laughs> you know. But you know why that was? Because I kept insisting on going and visiting the house of like Versace's house, mm-hmm. and it's where he was murdered. Sightseeing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I didn't know that it turned. It would. They turned it into a very nice restaurant. Like, a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it didn't have wardrobe for like a very fancy restaurant. I thought we were just gonna be laying down on the mm-hmm. beach. So yeah, she took me shopping, bought appropriate wow. clothing for me to I her life. I, 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 I like how he's, he's like, oh, there's a reason for that. There's still <laughs> no, we had to. She, go to there's other options house. like you could have bought it, the stuff, or she could, or you could have not gone to the restaurant. The, the shoes I bought, the shoes I bought, uh, oh it, boy, it was pretty right. expensive. Item. Don't get me started on the shoes. <laughs> he's changing, Shia. Yes, you know, I I That'll support the. Re- I introduced uh-huh. them. High five, sister. I introduced them and I support the relationship, yeah, but right. I just see i mean he's gone from the converse the little you know <laughs> cool like you know i'm a videographer guy and now he's got these tassel yeah. shoes without the socks <laughs> like he's just turning yeah. into like uh you know, hates those shoes without shoes uh, I, I just I, that, not yeah like it's them. not my thing that, yeah, I know. that it wasn't your thing by the way a couple of a few months back you were like look at these persians with the tassel shoes now you're you know it's right yeah no seems like ah. uh, that's love you are compromising right. you're turning you're yep. adjusting 100 to meet the yeah. the interests of Hell, your partner I, that's as germane to our conversation today we got it a couple true. of psychologists we should i mean you know analyze reza that's <laughs> right just have reza as <laughs> one a hour specimen. of analysis yeah. on oh boy oh boy that's uh, and and w- what does the doctor get for the girl who has it all you know, <laughs> on well valentine's if you day. do recall it was last valentine's day it, a day before valentine's day <laughs> i started a fight 
because I was that's foolishly, right. that's right. um, you know, looking at Instagram and preemptively you, know, you yeah, thought preemptively. he might not get you. Anything. Yes, I, I for some reason I thought, oh, I feel like he might be a cool dude and like fuck Valentine's mm. Day. Um, he ended up doing more than I expected, and so anyway, so this Valentine's Day, I I'm not looking at social media because I'm telling you, on especially on Valentine's yeah. Day, like it's it's you see all these images and like you know stuff being bought, but that doesn't mean anything. No, I want to get I get to that too with yeah. our with our psychologists because yes, we are bombarded by these idealistic yeah. images yeah. that you know clearly. And are. funny enough, to be honest, from what I've seen, a lot of the guys that end up buying girls a lot of gifts mm. and stuff those relationships don't last because yeah. it's all just what do you know, you know what about the women who buy a new wardrobe they, that lasts. <laughs> do they last <laughs> they the, last 100%. <laughs> the more the yeah. girl spends on Shia in the yeah. midst of these uh, <laughs> blissful uh, and expensive relationships will you be my valentine Aww. I figure you and I could go to KFC and uh, oh, yes. have some chicken yes. for and the, he shaved for you he did and Shia, yes. has no one gonna mention the fact that he's not but Shia looks 40 years younger than he did last <laughs> week yeah. <laughs> what happened, child? What, what, what was the occasion? Valentine's Day? No, actually, I went to a barber shop and I asked them to just just a little bit trim it. And the guy, I don't know, he uh, shaved my mustache. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up shaving all oh, my so face. It wasn't yeah. a choice. It's no, it, I, I wanted to do it, but I mean, yeah, that guy motivated me to do it <laughs> faster. Yeah, yeah but you really, he's a, such a handsome guy. He's a handsome guy. It's yeah. like, I mean, he, not that I didn't appreciate the philosopher's uh, beard and all that you had yeah. going on, but it's, uh, now I understand, you know, yeah, when my yeah. mother's like, uh, <laughs> why are you hiding your face with this uh, facial hair, you know? But you must be freezing now without that beard to oh, insulate your face. Yes, yes. And also I'm free. Uh, now I can eat sandwich. <laughs> it got to the point where Shia, he would, do you remember this? I, we, we Sometimes we eat, you know, we get some food together in the, in the, in the, in the lounge area here. And, and Shia would run into the room. And after a while I was like, Shia, what, what happened? Like, are you not friends with us anymore? And he, and, and he, and he was like, oh, I, I, I don't want to eat in front because it gets. And he was talking about how yeah. it, it's messy, you know, yeah, you get yeah. stuff in the beard and oh, then it, it was, grosses people yeah, out. Yeah, it was the worst thing you yeah. want to try, yeah. You to just happen to do it at the same time I cut my hair. That's mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, coincidence? Ah, or? Fascinating indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, Reza. Do you want to take another video and stop the middle of the show? What a deflating point. <laughs> he got the haircut the same time I did. And I still sound like that? <laughs> you, that's, that's your voice. We are coming to you on rookmedia.com. It's there that you can link to all of our platforms. We're on our ongoing mission to build a new audiovisual encyclopedia of Iranian diaspora identity. Uh, and we're on various platforms. So depending on what platform you listen to us on, you think that maybe this is the uh, the only platform. But, it, but we, you know, we're on Spotify. You can switch over to SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, CastBox. If you like to see visuals, so if you've been listening to us on Apple the whole time and you want to actually see the visuals, uh, so some graphics that we do, and especially in the introductions, photos of our guests, et cetera, you can see that on YouTube and uh, also on Instagram. And if you like your descriptions and bulletins in English and Persian, check us out on telegram you know 
We do this show uh, in part with the support of uh, our audience. So if you uh, can go to our website and go to the support us button and become a patron for 10 bucks a month, that really helps us out. Uh, it is, um, you know, somebody was telling me a couple of days ago, it was a non-Iranian, and she's like, how's your thing going? How's the, you know, rock media? And I was like, yeah, oh, it's great. And she's like, have you run out of Persians yet? <laughs> but I, I know this is kind of an attitude of Iranians, too. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, after you get past the first 10, the big yeah. stars, who you, and and the longer we go, we find all kinds of, you know, there's more that we want to mm. discover. And, and in fact, it's more gratifying to go a little deeper beyond the famous comedian that we all know mm. and the famous actress. And, and, uh, and so anyway, we, you know, uh, to continue our mission, if you you want to be a patron and support us the support us button at rookmedia.com rookmedia.com you can support us for valentine's day by the way i hear valentine's day uh-huh. is really big in iran I, I i don't know why i didn't think like like super p paris i got really upset at me because she was like she i was like hey you guys is this valentine's day a thing in iran because oh, i wanted yeah, to be ready for yeah. the interview today I, I don't know how much how big a thing is. and they were like yeah and roham was like it is very big you know and they're all <laughs> and like we had a lot you know there's bears and teddies and you know chocolates and and uh and paris i was like you think that we don't have a culture and i was like well yeah you, a couple of camels and uh i mean what do you what do you got there back in iran so no but uh so shy it's like a really big deal huh? Yes, it is a very big deal, yeah. I mean, prior to Valentine, like two weeks before Valentine's, every shop they turn to red thing and mm. chocolate and big mm. beer. And, no. See, maybe I hold Iran to a higher standard culturally still at some time. I think that <laughs> this is like an American, you know, marketing yes. bullshit thing, but apparently, no, yeah. in Iran it's... Uh, wasn't, oh, isn't there a Zoroastrian like day of love Sepandar around the same... Sepandar Sepandar it's I think word. it's in two weeks. Yeah. In two weeks, yeah. okay. But not that I expect a very uh, a simple answer to this, but does the, <laughs> does the Islamic Republic support valentine's day it's complicated <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i just never know what to i mean is this oh, sanctioned or is it you know no it's not sanctioned but no officially they don't say anything on television or the on national tv <laughs> they, they don't they ignore it Happy they don't valentine's say it's shameful day. to give chocolates to your <laughs> yeah. partner or something all right well thank there's that at least we okay yeah speaking of the islamic republic and the situation in iran and, and relationships last Thursday on our Contemporary History of Iran episode, uh, we had an episode called um, From Arranged Marriage to White Marriage with uh, Dr. Janet Afari. Uh, and she was speaking of this new trend that I also I'll bring up with our psychologists today because this is interesting. It's skyrocketed in Iran over the last decade or two. The, this trend of what's called white marriage, which is basically heterosexual cohabitation. Uh, women and men choosing younger, usually choosing to live together, uh, share the rent, share the groceries, etc. Um, undocumented, unmarried, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, in defiance of official laws that say this is not 
sanctioned, not allowed. Uh, a very interesting yes. trend that that is affecting. This is the sort of culture clash between um, the needs of the modern world. Look, you know, mm. the economy and and all kinds of for all kinds of reasons we need to share uh, the household income, etc. Uh, versus the traditional idea of well, you have to be married and the man should be the breadwinner and all of these kind of things. And I I imagine we're going to deal with some of that clash uh, when we get to this um, this roundtable with these uh, with Yasemin. Neda in just a few minutes. Did you know about uh, white marriage? I, I've heard about it. Like, it didn't exist when I was in Iran, but um, it yes, may have I'm existed. Aware of it. Super well, I wasn't aware of it. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I yeah. wasn't aware but of it. But it's a full on thing now. I heard, I yes. Yeah, yeah, I heard yeah. that it's essentially like, yeah, it's uh, common law living yeah, together. Yeah. Uh, and uh, sorry, I didn't get a chance to listen to the Thursday episode. I don't know if you I guys covered this guy. it. <laughs> you were at the house of Versace. You didn't have time. Unfortunately, yeah. sadly, and uh, well, you were on a plane. A, you couldn't have listened to it on the way back. How would I listen to it on the plane? Oh no, you sent it to me in the email. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no excuses. No, I didn't. I was dead uh, tired. Sorry. But I was gonna say that if and, we have and the, we have various platforms that you can <laughs> <laughs> subscribe. Maybe to. you've heard of them. It's Spotify. <laughs> yes. He's the, the, by the way, Reza is the director of the show. <laughs> yeah. 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 One yeah. would argue. <laughs> yes, yeah. One trip. You can take four days yeah. off. Yeah. For but price. I will say it, it is one of the most insightful interviews that you did. Uh, at least for me, just a lot of. You know things that I wasn't aware of when it comes to the history of, of women, marriage, marriage in Iran, in Iran and that. how we got to places that you know one would like Sireh, for example. I didn't yeah. really understand yeah, that. Yeah, we talked about Sireh. Well, I, That's I, I didn't saying. until the last few years. Right. My cousins explained it to me. Short term yeah. marriage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. But what were you going to say? You the didn't same, listen to the episode. Thing. I didn't listen to yeah. the episode. So I didn't know if you guys covered Sireh. Oh, we but did. I was yeah. going to yeah. say yeah. that. Yeah, I guess that's the loophole where they can get away with temporary marriage. Yeah, we covered that. But what's amazing is the resilience uh, of the Iranian people and, and particularly Iranian young people who are basically, you know, they just kind of look, forget these laws. Mm-hmm. They don't make sense mm-hmm. to us. So we're going to, you know, we're going to cohabitate. That That's what makes sense. And we're going to deal with the consequences socially, politically, uh, culturally, yeah. if that if that happens to be what comes to it you yeah, know that's it i have nothing else to add yes. <laughs> don't, you, you usually don't so, so, um, but anyway and it's called white marriage uh for reasons unrelated to skin white color white. it's yeah. it's it's because there's no documentation mm, so they call yes. it white but but speaking of white uh, and when we are talking about race, last week uh, I, I talked. Did you listen to the episode? Yes, you, I did. You did. Yes. So you heard me talking about the fact that because uh, you were in Miami, but uh, I was in the states a couple of weeks ago. And uh, upon coming back, uh, when I was getting a PCR test, actually, I had to fill out a, co- a questionnaire yeah, 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 yeah. that said, "What is your race?" Mm-hmm. And then it gave me these options like, "Are you First Nations? Are you African? Or, or are you white? You know, yeah. there was a or or uh, Hispanic." And and it was kind of like. Well, where do I, I what? And so Keon was saying that we usually, you know, yeah. I mean, Asian seems like the right thing. And yeah. then there were subcategories once I said Asian where they were like, okay, then are you Chinese or Vietnamese? Or you know, I was like, what? <laughs> so, uh, and I mentioned this uh, last week and said maybe the audience can help clear this up. So a guy named uh, Reza, uh-huh. 
unrelated. Yes. Yeah. This guy's actually, it seems quite smart. It's a pretty unique he, name. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't have a last name, but I don't want to, so I didn't go searching for it anyway. I don't know if he want to be outed, but he hit me up on Instagram and said, actually, hey, I guess he lives in the States and he's, you know, looked into this stuff. He said there's been a longstanding proposal back to the Obama administration to change the standards when it comes to, and we kind of, we've talked about this mm-hmm. a few times on the show, uh, or racial around racial identification to include Middle Eastern or North African people. Remember when yeah. the census was taking yep. happening and there were Iranians saying we should be counted in the, yep. and, and MENA, Middle Eastern, North African people should be counted um, because we don't have a category in the United States, that is. Uh, actually, I should find out exactly what this, stories in Canada. I'm not sure what we do now in Canada. But 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 anyway, it was not changed uh, in time for the 2020 USA census. Yeah. So so basically, if you are a Middle Eastern background or North African background, you, you don't have That's a category. Right. You, you know, the, the expectation is that you check off white or, yeah. I don't know, Asian or, you know. Uh, but for and, Canada, didn't do a census like last year or year, the year before that we had to fill out census forms? I think actually Canada was, does have the, Canada the categories that include yeah. Middle Eastern and stuff. Yeah. Not only that, I think it got specific because I remember I filled it out and then it was like Persian. Yeah. Iran, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I was genuinely confused with this. I wasn't doing a social experiment. I mean, I was in, when I was yeah. filling out this thing, I was like, what am I supposed to put here? Yeah. I really don't know. You know, I mean, it, because of course, if you put, white then you know you're discounting our people our community yeah. as a minority uh, community and, that, and that's relevant when it comes to laws around uh, racial discrimination when it comes to laws around representation Support, when, and on the other hand you know if you put asian and you're sort of like well da, who am i representing who yeah. am i so yeah that's uh that's the the answer to that so far uh i guess it's in flux or changing but didn't change in time yeah. for the last census in the USA so when they do these kind of questionnaires for PCR tests or whatever they take the basic same methodological approach that's probably not the right word hard word they take the same approach methodical approach <laughs> yeah and they go uh, okay well you're either one of these you know yeah. you're african or you're yeah that's so dismissive though and painting mm-hmm. everything yeah. with the same yeah. brush. But the funny part was when we got to the airport, it's in Miami International Airport, think mm-hmm. about it. Uh, I got walk up to the gate, have the can ready, arrive can, can ready, arrive can, can uh-huh. whatever, the app ready, <laughs> I got my passport and everything, and the lady goes, <laughs> Whatever she says something in Spanish, I'm uh-huh, just mimicking uh-huh. that. I don't yeah. know. I don't speak Spanish, and I love to learn. Sensitive of you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, Spanish-speaking people will appreciate insulted. your. Go ahead. No, no, no. And then I, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry, I don't speak Spanish. Mm. And then she gave me the look, like, "How dare you don't speak oh. Spanish and come into Miami?" Perhaps she thought you were Spanish. Yeah, probably. Mm. But here's the thing: she she didn't switch to English. She continued speaking mm. in Spanish and asking for Canada, Canada. Canada, Canada. That's the only thing I would understand. Uh-huh. And then I was like, "Arrive, can?" She said, "Ah, oh, thief! For God's sake!" And then she let me go. Okay, so it. it all she, worked out. It all worked out, but it was you know, fascinating. The, the, what remember how to, smoothly the show went last week when Reza wasn't here? <laughs> oh, I, yes. I, I was all excited about <laughs> him being back. Thought, I, I actually yeah. thought you had an interesting story. I listened this to it intensely. It's not interesting. Well, there's not punchline, I guess. There are, waiting for some. There are popular psychologists <laughs> waiting to come into the Brook studio. <laughs> they sh- to they, talk sh- about they should be aware of the fact that nobody speaks English <laughs> on, at the airport in Miami. I get the same thing in Turkey. 
they start they speak to me in Turkish because they look at my face and they just they assume I'm Turk. Turkish. And then they get kind of mad when I don't really respond in <laughs> Turkish. I'm like, uh, and then God forbid I say, how about in Farsi? Happens anyway. Like, oh. <laughs> get out. You know, it's even That's worse than English. No, get out. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the expression is not happening. But you know what's interesting? If you go to Turkey with the Iranian passport, you don't have to pay in like a visa fee. But if mm-hmm. you go with a Canadian passport, you I see. Pay. That's very interesting. Thank yeah. you, Reza. I thought. I'm, can I, can we turn off his facts? microphone, Chad? <laughs> You guys looking for fun facts? Huh? It's the bottom of the how? barrel. I got nothing. Go back to talking about the House of Versace. That oh, was interesting. Don't even like so co- good. Am I wrong? COVID basically doesn't exist in Florida, no, right? Like there's it's no just COVID. not even a thing. There is no COVID. Like there. No masks, people are not no talking masks. about it. Yet. No, because clubs are booming. I was Ooh. partying. Yeah, man, Matt, like huge. I was partying every every day. No COVID. Okay, right. Test negative. Don't worry about it, Gian. Mm-hmm. Don't get stressed out. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Republican. No, you now. already Trump gave fan. me. You already. Oh, you're a Republican. Oh, you're Republican. Now. Now. Yeah, 100%. all those months that Listen, I was speaking out, <laughs> this sorry, guy Keon. fucking bashed me. I didn't. I didn't. That was pre-pandemic, by the way. <laughs> now yeah. he's changing you're, his stance. You're, uh, you're not just a you're a Trump fan. I'm now. a Trump fan. Now. Okay. Hey, go Trump. Based <laughs> on this trip to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Florida changes you, man. <laughs> no income tax. Eight percent sales tax. No COVID. It didn't take much to shift freedom to, uh, everywhere. It's ideological I disposition. I should tell everybody South to go to Florida. <laughs> I swear to God, your you really did change. have the best trip of your life. I really you're, did. You're, I it's myself. changed you, so, and you're wearing tassel shoes and supporting Trump. <laughs> Everything's changed, but that's tassel all right. So when are we moving to Florida? <laughs> I'm ready to go, baby. I'm really? serious. Yeah, you loved it. I loved it. Really loved it. Maybe yeah. you should live there. And I got bar mitzvah at a hotel for what? some odd reason. Yeah, the guy. You walked, got bar mitzvah? Yeah, yeah. The guy came. He was like, "Are you Jewish?" I'm like, "I, I don't think so." like you look Jewish I'm like mm. uh, I think let's make I, you Jewish yeah, yeah they bar mitzvahed me right away so many are you things sure are he wasn't to trying to marry trip. you or <laughs> no no he's <laughs> <Yeah. like> <laughs> like let's make Lovely you Jewish guy. so alright somebody yes, thought you were see. Spanish another person thought you were Jewish that's great you yes. can play a number of characters <laughs> you've got uh, uh I, a couple of times in my life, I, I interviewed Woody Allen. And, oh, yeah? Um, That's yeah. cool. And one, the first time I interviewed him, uh, I went into a, he was in a hotel. Uh, you sort of get led into the room where you uh, go in, and his, I guess it was his manager or his agent or something uh, was sitting in one room, and you kind of go in, and, and, and I was sitting with him for a while, and then they said, okay, Woody's rally ready, and there was a camera crew and stuff in the other room. So, and and uh, so this guy was talking to me, and 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 I said I'm Persian, and you know, and because uh, he was like, Jan, what's that? You know, and so as I'm walking in to interview uh, Woody Allen, uh, he goes, Hey, Woody! He says he's Persian, right? He yeah. screams this out, <laughs> and so. Uh, I, I I sit down and and Woody Allen goes oh you're Persian then I'm like yeah and I swear it was like in the Woody Allen vo- character <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, he yeah. was he's this very tiny man and <laughs> sitting on a chair and he was like uh, uh, well, well that's interesting because you you could be um, I mean you could you could be Greek or you could be I mean you could play all kinds of things you <laughs> you, you like Anthony Quinn you know you could play you know, and I was wow. like wow <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. That's an yeah. honor, no? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you, could, you, 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 I mean, you look Greek or you Arab. <laughs> you, you like Anthony Quinn. You know? yeah, I, you see, Woody Allen right now sounds like me if I was old. <laughs> yes. Well, you have that sort of voice. <laughs> the nasally kind of weasel. <laughs> All right. Let's get you out of here and get our guests in here. Thank you very much, Captain Reza. Welcome back. Thank Good you. to have you back here. And so excited. Yes. Uh, Groovy Shia. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. And the fabulous Keon. Uh, we'll see you to talk about this uh, 
uh, panel that we have on the other side. We're just switching things in the studio here. Let's get our guests in. Okay. Well, on this Valentine's Day and Valentine's Week, when we are lovingly surrounded or alarmingly bombarded, depending on how you see things, by images and advertisements of perfect relationships, idealized dates, enviable marriages, we thought we might scratch the surface as to the state of how things really are in the realm of love and companionship, and particularly in the Persian diaspora. More specifically, what are the patterns, concerns, and potholes when it comes to those of us who are Iranian immigrants, first, second, third, fourth generation, when it comes to love, cohabitation, loyalty, commitment, jealousy, and attraction? Oh boy. Here we go. Of course, there are no empirical rigid answers to what is love in our community, but we've assembled two valuable people in the diaspora who work in the field of psychology, therapy, and relationships to shed their insights on the Persian psyche in the diaspora at Valentine's time right here in the Rook studio. Neda Bayat is a coaching psychologist and the founder and head coach at Neda Bayat Coaching. She grew up in Iran, did an engineering degree at Azad University before getting two masters in psychology and business management at university when she was in Sydney, Australia. Among her talents, she is a certified master life and leadership coach and a hypnotherapist. And you can find her at Neda Bayat on Instagram. Hello, Neda. Hi, nice how are you? Nice to have you here. Thanks for having me here. And Yasemin Karimi also grew up in Iran and is now a member of the diaspora here in Toronto. She's a registered psychotherapist and Canadian certified counselor, public speaker, lecturer, supervisor, and advocate on mental health. She's also a doctoral candidate at York University, and you can find her on her popular Instagram page, yasaminkarimi.therapy. Hello, Yasamin. Hello, Shion. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day to both Happy of you. Valentine's Happy Valentine's Day. Day. Um, Yasamin, you are married. Yes. Uh, and uh, Neda, you're single. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert for everybody. <laughs> Just like, let's get that out of the way because it's germane to our conversation. Be honest. Do you have expectations when it comes to Valentine's Day? Uh, I don't and that's just because it's just a few days apart from my birthday so that's why I've never had the expectations from anybody oh I see yes. so your pa partners and now your husband they, they, they combine the two it's the the birthday and the, the the Valentine's Day usually that's how it works but sometimes I'm lucky I get two separate gifts for each of them but it's just <laughs> five days apart so we don't typically celebrate wow both what an what an out for your husband I know <laughs> Oh. Uh, and Neda, do you have expectations? Did you grow up having expectations around Valentine's Day? Um, well, that's a bit different because I'm single. So when you are in a relationship, maybe you have that expectation sometimes. And uh, when you are, we are, in, you are in the period of the time that you're single and you don't have any relationship, maybe you are the right person to have that moments with yourself to see that what you can do for yourself to have a better life. What an evolved life coaching way of looking at Valentine's Day. Yes. I'm going to see how I can better myself rather than cry in the corner lonely exactly. not having a partner yeah. on Valentine's yeah. Day. Um, do, do you, um, this is kind of a cheeky question, but do you have more business at Valentine's Day? It's like, you know, Christmas for therapists since everyone's freaking out or lonely or feeling sorry for themselves on Valentine's? I don't get more clients, but I can see... Uh, 
for some people, there is a depressive episode happening because especially people who are not in relationships or people who are not in healthy relationships or fulfilling relationships in those situations, yes, we do have some ebbs and flows emotionally for people. But apart from that, you, I don't see more people coming mm. to therapy because of that. And what about you, Neda? Um, sometimes yes, because um, as she said, like sometimes you feel that there are a lot of people out there that they feel that they're lonely, or mm-hmm. they don't, or more, more importantly, they're not uh, really in healthy relationship, which is like you know makes you to think that what I need to do about myself, especially when you have you know those social media uh, picture that mm-hmm. brings up that mm-hmm. like you need to be like this, that we kind of forget what is the reason that we actually celebrate this kind mm-hmm. of things. Celebration is kind of the like. Uh, maybe the big it's kind of beginning it's like starting or renewing what we had before and then revisiting which mm-hmm. is really important because if you don't visit what happened for you is you're gonna do the same thing mm-hmm. again and again so uh, like every Christmas or every Valentine's Day, they say okay I'm alone okay I don't have anyone so with saying these kind of things probably nothing happens to you you should see that you should see it as a learning w- opportunity. yes learning okay. opportunity I mean, you know what I really hate is when there's somebody who has their birthday close to Valentine's Day because then you see all these images of them getting all these gifts, like double the amount. <laughs> <laughs> it should be double the amount. <laughs> but it isn't. That's the problem for you. Yeah. Okay, uh, so enough fooling around. We had a little uh, chat a few days ago and decided that we're going to cover some of the, uh, in this episode here, we're going to cover some of the stereotypes or patterns of behavior and points of conversation, sometimes kind of taboo actually, that occur mm-hmm. in relationships in the Persian diaspora. It's gonna be an open-ended conversation and um, you know we know we cannot cover all the psychological angles in an hour or so, but I'm, I'm gonna throw out some broad concepts and ideas at you guys and you can tell me what you've learned from your experience, uh, your teachings and your clients, et cetera, free form, yes? Yep. Okay, so I thought I would start with some word associations, all right? So Yas, I mean, let me start with you. What is the first thing that comes to mind when I say Persian immigrants and relationships? Confusion, limbo, how many can I have? <laughs> Let's start with confusion. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we touched on that when we talked. Uh, I do think that there is an identity confusion for us immigrants, and um, I don't think it's only for us immigrants. I think it's uh, for Iranians inside Iran too, because we've been a traditional society, and we are a traditional society on the verge of becoming modern, and we're somewhere in the middle. But for us immigrants, there's another layer to it, uh, living in the West, and everything that's uh, challenging our beliefs, values, our existence, uh, living in the West. So it's really Really more complicated. So I think it's a limbo situation. I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily, but it's worth looking into. We are not that aware of the complications of it, that we are not traditional, we are not modern, we're in between. We are not Eastern, we are not Western, we're in between. So establishing that and making it known to ourselves Mm -hmm. and communicating it is going to be very complicated, especially because we need to look at it like uh, on a spectrum. So I might be a little bit more traditional in some area, but a little bit more modern in some other area Mm -hmm. or Western or Eastern in all different departments. So it's a very complicated concept. So so you said at one point, it's not necessarily a bad thing. How is confusion around how we navigate relationships not a bad thing? 
I think it's a natural journey because um, when traditional societies uh, are going to change, and it's inevitable, change is inevitable in history, but uh, it's a journey we have to go through. So it's progressive. So in that sense, it's not a bad thing. We don't mm. want to get stuck. We don't want to get fixated in how we used to be 50 years ago, 100 years mm. ago. So uh, of its own, it's a good thing. You know, it's a mm, progression. But the thing is that uh, it's difficult to find our own place. And now in diaspora, we're talking about two individuals who are not so familiar with their being, with their identity, and they meet. Mm. And this complication, the dance between the two creates such a complicated dynamic that can be very confusing. So off the top of your head, give an example of the, that confusion that comes in that delta between being Eastern and Western, traditional and, and modern in a relationship. What do you mean? I, I mean, give me an example. Example, what, like yeah. in whatever area? In, in, a, in a relationship, gender how roles. does that play out? Gender yeah. roles. Okay. I, that's number one for sure. Who pays for what? You know, finances mm. is huge. You see couples, they've been married for 10 years. Mm. They do not talk about money. Money is a steal. Because we don't talk about that in the old country. Exactly. But we need to talk about it in the right. new country. Uh -huh. And men are supposed to be the provider. They're mm. supposed to be the breadwinners. But the society does not work that way. But as you said, there are expectations mm -hmm. that men should pay for everything. Or this is the responsibility. And men who don't, they're either the losers or they're not good enough. They're not qualified enough as a husband, partner, or whatever. Mm. Gender roles, I think, you know, that's the most dominant uh, complication we have to deal with and we're not dealing with. Let me try, Netta, I'll bring you in with the same yeah, question, sure. although now you've had a couple of minutes to think about this word <laughs> association. What comes to mind for you when I say Persian immigrants and relationships? You know what? Um, immigration is like moving on from a relationship. So it's like that. You have to leave everything that you have very close and emotional relationship with for many years. And you just need to leave everything with just like one luggage and just leave that country. Can you just take everything with you? Of course not. Mm. You can. If you want to take everything, probably you have to stay in that place, which is going to be your comfort zone, right? And you never can move and go forward and just be curious what is happening on the other side of this world. Mm. But you can be selective you can just choose the things that you really need to, or you think that okay these things maybe is going to help me when i leave this country and what are those things they could be like materials but they could be memories they could be learning opportunities they could they could be a lot of things they mm -hmm. could be relationships you can take a lot of things and then go to the new environment mm -hmm. in the new environment of course as uh, yasamin said it's confusion. Yeah. Do we always have a choice about what we bring with us and what we don't bring with us? Sometimes we don't. Sometimes mm. we don't. For example, um, let's talk about refugees. Refugees don't have this choice uh, to choose the country that they want to leave. They, they want to go. They have to for, I don't know, if war happens or anything happens. Right. Uh, but 
uh, we as like immigrants, like myself, I uh, that was my choice, right? Mm -hmm. I choose to leave that, uh, like uh, to go to other mm -hmm. other country mm -hmm. and um, see what's happening there, experience it, and all the uh, like these sort of things. So when you have a choice, it means that you need to uh, accept the responsibility for everything that you but, have. But I was thinking more in terms of whether we have the choice in terms of the way we're socialized. Mm -hmm. You know, you've gr if you've grown up in a certain culture, back to the East-West thing, or even if you haven't grown up, I didn't grow up in Iran, but you grow up in a with parents from Iran, or you grow up, you know, in a community of uh, of that kind of those thoughts. That a lot of the ideas, the concepts, the the generals, the uh, around relationships, around love, around mm -hmm. marriage, are going to be formulated based on the old country, and and it's very hard to undo those, right? Uh, it's hard, but it's not impossible. Of course, yes, it's of course. really hard. It's not. It's not like immigration is not an easy thing. As I told you, it's like that. You just need to leave, like many years that you had, with just one uh, luggage. How possible is that? Right, one suitcase. Right. It's is it easy? No. And then it's. But it, this is really important. When you want to leave and you want to, as I told you, you have a choice to. You have choices like that, so you can choose the things that you want to take. Uh, this is exactly the moment that you understand you have emotional connection to the things it, uh, that you always think that they're not necessary for your life. Mm. And that's the point, that's exactly the, uh, the, maybe the point that you understand that those things are really important for you, but maybe you ignoring them. But you're talking about material things in the suitcase, um, right? I'm, what, like what about habits? Actually, how, the, how many uh, can yeah. you choose? Which habits, personal habits, you're bringing? And I mean, I, obviously, you can. People can change. People can evolve. But it seems to me that's a lot more difficult. We had this um, just last week on the program. Actually, mm -hmm. Dr. Janet Alfari, uh, who's writes a lot about marriage and and. Uh, women in Iran and one of the things that she said that just was so interesting to me because it rang so resonant I was saying it's funny because we were talking about this new trend of cohabitation mm -hmm. unmarried undocumented men and women living together heterosexual men and women men and women living together in Iran in defiance of the Islamic Republic and I was saying it's funny because even in the Persian diaspora mm -hmm. there are people who frown on that still you know like uh, if you're going to live together you should be married and 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 she was saying it's interesting with immigrants uh, that oftentimes they migrate the ideas from the old country even when the old country has changed and it and it takes newer immigrants to come and remind them that actually this has changed you're trying you're living by rules from 20 40 50 years ago that don't even apply in the old country anymore you're nodding Yasemin can you speak to yes that? because it's a psychological phenomenon that you get fixated psychologically fixated mm -hmm. in that area and you're not a part of it anymore but the identification that's happened over your lifetime stays with you within you you've internalized it you live with it and to your point I have children's of immigrants who've been born here raised here they're 20 something they've never been to Iran family immigrated like 40 years ago 30 years ago they cannot speak one full uh, sentence in Farsi same exact issues that an immigrant who came here two years ago hmm. might manifest. Fascinating, you know, as you said, it's just within us and we carried along with us mm -hmm. generation to generation. And, and w when you deal with a family like that, what is the, uh, that's an interesting conundrum because you're, you're, you're trying to undo 
not just the old the, the, the parents' habits, but now the parents' habits that have been passed on to the children that have nothing or, or are, are not necessarily related to the adopt, adopted country, right? Absolutely. So what, what is you your know, approach? Uh, you basically help to uh, transition psychologically transition that you're living here this is the culture it was a collectivist culture now it's an individualist culture this kid has to survive in this culture and this is how it works here if you want them to have like a life here and feel normal in this society you need to change because you're imposing such a pressure that it's taking away all the confidence all the self-esteem because i cannot be i cannot feel belong to my family i cannot feel belong to the society you know, this loss uh, identity yes. somewhere in the middle, I don't belong anywhere. Yes. Very common children of immigrant, unfortunately. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that, just in terms of getting into some broad concepts, and uh, just tell me if you think this is too broad, but do you think that Persians, and we're particularly speaking of Persians in the diaspora, you know, those of us who as I said before, first generation, second, third, fourth, you know, our families have come from Iran. Do you think Persians have a different conception of love from the rest of the, you know, general population of Canada or Australia or Sweden or pick your diaspora country? I would say uh, Persians share similar mentality with the Middle Eastern uh, people. I've, I've seen similarities, like my clients who are like Arab uh, people or Middle Eastern countries share same mentality, like patriarchal systems, same structure. And now the weakening of that system is uh, manifesting itself in so many ways in like the relationships and everything. So I would say it's not about Iranians only, but I would say there's a big difference. Iranians are somehow more progressive in so many ways, like women's education, employment. You cannot compare that to some of other countries in mm-hmm. the area mm-hmm. in Middle East. So in that area, there are differences, but there is uh, a similar theme. But when we countries. talk about love and the, the word that you thought of before when we were talking about Persian immigrants and immigration, and uh, relationships was confusion. Would you apply that confusion to love? Love confusion? Yes, definitely. And how? What? What does that mean to you? It means that um, it's very difficult to uh, explain mm. what I'm thinking, but I'll try my best. Uh, it means that you know, love is an abstract concept. Nobody mm. knows what love is. It's not like a glass of water that, you know, okay, this is love. So we have our unique definition of what mm-hmm. uh, love is. So for somebody, uh, they might more have a focus on self-love. That is more definition of love. For somebody, uh, love between the two people or love between the family. So the definition of love can be very, very different from me to you, Neda, mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. here. But for us Iranians, it's much wider and that definition is so intertwined with expectations. Mm-hmm. So when your expectations are not met, you don't feel loved. You don't see that uh, equivalency in other cultures to that extent. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't pay for whatever, you, I don't feel loved. Or if you don't do such and such for me. Mm-hmm. So it's been equivalent to doing this stuff, getting this stuff, you know, some sort of a business contract, some sort of a contract. Mm. So emotions aside, the other, not, not necessarily material, but what's tangible 
is much more dominant in the area of love. So that's why I think there's definitely love. Uh, I have a, uh, I had a um, Persian uh, female friend who um, wanted, who, who liked her boyfriend being super jealous. Because, uh, I mean, there's a term we have in Persian, that's it. but to her, this this guy being almost dominantly jealous possessive. was was a possessive was an expression of love, which is um, kind of absurd. And in, in, you know, in, in the West, you know, there's m- most uh, or a lot of times in sort of the the great love story or the you know the, the, the when you think of progressive thinking, uh, you don't think of you wanting your male partner to be raging around like a you know, like, a, like an angry the, jealous yeah, guy. You know, exactly. if he's not jealous, you think oh he's evolved. That's right. good, right? You you know, if yeah. that's that's interesting, you said that. You know, there there is, it is a stereotype, but I think it's true that women somehow uh, like Qayrat, like uh, men who are possessive. Persian it, women. It's somehow interpreted mm. as love and affection, as much as men like uh, women who obey them. Like mm. I, you listen to me, and I do whatever you want. You are a good wife if you do as mm. I say. If you obey. The rules that I define, you know, and the and the uh, some of the confusion. I'm uh, if you help me here, but the, some of the confusion is transplanting those ideas into a new concept of downtown San Diego or exactly. Toronto or Sydney, Australia. And you see the underlying theme of control. I control you by my possessiveness. I control you. You, I. If you obey me, if I have that control, then both people are happy. But then they're transitioning into, as you said, the whole new world, and we cannot find our place in this new do world. Do you agree with this, Neda? Do you agree with this idea of love confusion? I do. Okay. What I really want to add to this part is I think um, that gayrati things or uh, jealous stuff that you said is uh, because um, maybe in our culture we didn't learn how to communicate how to talk about our expectation, our needs. So we think that we actually come from, I think, a high context uh, uh, communication, which like you never talk directly to people or you don't say that what you really want. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? That's the uh, prescription for disaster right there, of course. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I do this to show you what I mean. Hmm. Indirectly. Why are we like that? Okay. Why? And, why? When and did that start? Because I haven't learned. Because I haven't seen in my parents. I haven't seen my, in my mm. older generations. I nobody uh, actually taught this to me. And whenever I wanted uh, to talk about things mm. openly, they would say, "Shh, you shouldn't talk about these things. Right. If you don't express your." feelings your needs mm. because you shouldn't express your uh, mm-hmm. and he needs to understand how how can he understand what you want right. and why he R- should right. understand uh, when i say he because i'm a girl but right. uh, whoever just listen just he can just put it as he or she by, by the way there's an added layer of confusion here for those of us i mean when we talk about the persians and the diaspora depending mm-hmm. on which generation we yeah. are there's an added layer of confusion where i for example uh, with a newer generation uh, Iranian woman may not understand the protocol because I don't know the silence, <laughs> you know, the non-commutative examples of Silent showing my treatment? love. Well, no, I mean the, the, the way, 
you know, since the communication is mm-hmm. indirect, mm-hmm. it's very you you have to know yeah, I th- I that oh, I'm supposed to be jealous here right now to show her. Yeah. 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 yeah, I did this. You didn't understand. Like uh, like I uh, let's say um, I don't know. I go home and just put like the gas like this, and they said you didn't see that I'm angry. Right, right, like, right. So yeah, always we should understand like um, under this anger, under this like expressions that we have, criticism, anger, everything, there's another emotion. That's that's the place that we have all words. It's and we pretty always convoluted though. Maybe. Like that we, you know, it's, it's, it's this obstacle course. It's a maze rather than talking to each other. Yeah. And it is passive aggressiveness, you know, exactly. you don't directly convey uh-huh. a message, yeah. but passively, but very uh, aggressively at the same time, you're trying to send your message. Let me just briefly turn it around because I, I can feel people are going to start writing and going, why are you always just ex- exploring the negative things about Persians? So so let me just say, we also have people <laughs> like, like pause, we have people like Rumi and Hafez and Nizami in our, in our background. What about the, ner- the notion that Persians understand and appreciate passion and love more than anyone in the world? Or is that, do you think, a myth and a way of patting ourselves on the back? I don't think it's a myth. I, that's what I adore about our own culture because being a collectivist culture, we do have lots of passion. We do care about one another. A collectivist In, culture? Yes. What does it mean? Like we do care about our being in uh-huh, the society. Uh-huh. You know, it's not that we we are not an individualist culture. So there's a lot of uh, dynamic going on between us, love and affection and giving and support and everything. But if we can uh, keep it within the norm, that's helpful uh, within some distance. As uh, Neda said, we can, first of all, communicate openly. And if we can respect the boundaries of one another, that can be amazing, of course. But it's a, you know, I think it's about the time to redefine all those uh, good traits that we have as mm. well, because they might not fit in the new society. Sometimes I wonder, since we're, you know, we're talking about a long time ago when we're talking about Rumi, uh, um, d- d- can you really draw a line from then to now and say we are the, the children of this kind of passionate poetry and love? I think we, do, you know... I do believe in a collective subconscious. It's a Jungian concept that, yes, they said that when you're in a relationship, it's not just the two of you. The parents are here and their parents are there. Everybody's present in the room with you. It does have some sort of an impact, but Mm. sometimes it becomes an obstacle too, you know? What do you think of this idea of... um Persians on the on the flip side of what we've been talking about feeling being evolved when it comes to love or or more expressive and passionate based on our poetic past sometimes we feel that there is a really as girls especially like we think that like men in Iran really support us like they they know how to treat us or they know how to um, take care of us like for the things that uh, they have learned because mm. all the things that they have learned from their uh, old generations are of course they're not all bad they have the all the generations have good and bad things together um, but I think uh, if we can just collect all these good things together, that helps because you cannot um, you, you cannot just say that, okay, I have that, so I don't need to communicate with this person. You definitely need the communication because that's the place that you can learn to how to grow the, your relationship. And um, it's not, 
like when people meet each other and say that uh, we were meant to be together, that doesn't exist. Like you need to work in your relationship. How dare relationship. you? You're saying that on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, what I mean, sorry that I'm really realistic, but I mean that, um, yes, that's a really good opportunity that we actually meet each other. Like, But you need to work on that relationship because it's like that these two people, as Yasami said, like it's like they're not just two people. I mm. talked about this uh, concept before as well. Like uh, these are not actually two people, they are, the group of people and these this another person is uh, actually the other partner is uh, uh, like a group of Sorry, people. Sorry, how are people a group of people? Okay, what? as uh, she said, like it's like parents, uh, grandparents, brothers, sisters, society that they grew up, uh, the social We are media. bringing all of that yes. to a relationship. So when we talk about- uh, But isn't that true for everybody? I mean, not just Persian immigrants? Of course, but uh, when we talk about the traditional uh, culture and then modern uh, culture, tradition and modern, when you, we want to compare these two parts, then we can find that like the gap is more and more. So it's it's huge gap. And then we can just understand, okay, which part of these uh, things that I have learned, mm -hmm. uh, maybe unconsciously, because uh, most of the things that we, we are doing today or we believe is not conscious, right? Uh, that's the reason that we talk about the parts that we can change now, because you've learned in any way, mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. the society uh, you went to, I don't know, maybe you you go to the school and you, you have, uh, I don't know, learned something mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. your teacher and your parents say something uh, opposite. You see your uh, your parents like dealing with uh, different stuff mm -hmm. and you learn things. And now this is the opportunity for you when you grow up, this is the opportunity for you and see that, okay, what can I do for myself right now? Because yes, I've learned all these things. So I can be more selective. And then I can just pick the things that help me and then learn new things, relearn the, the new things. Can you think of a personal example that um, of, of something, of a, of a choice you've made based on your past relationships or something like that? I don't mean to out you, but something that where you've gone, okay, now I know I'm not gonna do this anymore. Or I'm not gonna find somebody who has these qualities. You mean personal yeah. <laughs> examples? Um, Yes, so for me, if people have the confusion about what they want in their relationship, I this is what, what I know. I never go and take a lot of time with them because uh, I think um, confusion <laughs> is very dramatic. Mm. And then- um, You want somebody who's clear about what they, they're looking yes, for. Yes, it's not always, so when we talk about the clarity, it doesn't mean that I know exactly what I want mm. and he knows exactly what he wants because we meet each other in the middle of the way and then we want to say, I know you, you know me. Like, oh, try to be open to understand mm -hmm. each other. I don't want to be defensive and you. I, I expect that you're not going to be defensive about mm -hmm. the things that I do. Um, that's open communication. Uh, I can talk about my ex expectation. I can talk about my choices and you can talk about them. This is, this is the uh, relationship that I think helps because based on my experience when I was teenager, I had that experience. Like uh, I felt that I need to sacrifice a lot for my relationship. I need to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. uh, and in that case, I can, I can get, I can have this person. I can, you know, I can do a lot of things. And now I understand, okay, I am valuable. I, I know who I am. I could be enough. And then the, if the person can see, can see. And if he cannot see, that's, that's not my part. Then he needs to heal. heal his own parts. Um, 
let me, there's so much I want to respond to or ask you about and learn from you on based on what you just said. But uh, two steps back, something you said, Yas, I mean, when we were talking about uh, this weird quid pro quo in Persian relationship culture from the old country that has been transplanted here of um, uh, uh, the exchange where the the woman wants the man to be possessive, the man wants the woman to obey. They're both trying to control each other, you said. Um, what is the, I mean, maybe this is simple, but what is the psychological um, deconstruction of that that kind of control? How, how, how can that kind of a controlling relationship be healthy or is it just literally about balancing those two things and then you're off to the races? I think it, it used to be healthy back in the history. It was the setting and both people were happy with it. Uh, it was a dynamic between uh, men and women, the traditional roles. But the thing is that it's not working anymore. You know, women are not tolerating that. I'm, I'm talking about the new generation. Mm -hmm. Again, back to education, employment, wanting to have power, status of their own, you know, fighting for their individuality, fighting for their individual identity. And, you know, women do not want to get married in so mm -hmm. many occasions. You hear it a lot. Or they would accept to live with somebody like common law, uh, white marriages in Iran, cohabitation. They accept that because they somehow want equal rights. So it is changing. It's not healthy anymore. Seems like it doesn't suit the modern world. Mm. Maybe in some like uh, more traditional cultures, subcultures in Iran, it might be still working, but not anymore for sure. It is on the verge of changing. And I guess uh, adopting bits and pieces of those or trying to, the process of the transition process is is really confusing because then you've got the independent woman or the so-called progressive guy, but they're still engaging in some of those practices and the trade-off is there, but the dis dissatisfaction is also playing in itself. And the other thing I was thinking about in, in the midst of all this is um, we've been talking about Persians coming to the diaspora and finding themselves in relationships, dating, marriages, whatever, with other Persians. What about finding themselves in relationships with non-Persians? I mean, the the traditional thinking would be that it's going to be easier to be with someone who is of our own background, you know, uh, in the sense that there's a shorthand, maybe a language, family values, whatever. But is that true? I mean, it seems like when we're adopting all of this confusion, um, might it be easier to, to just stay away from other Persians when you're finding your next boyfriend? I mean, uh, what do you think of that? Um, I think it's not black and white. We cannot say it's good or it's bad because it really depends on the person. Um, like, what what is your um, criteria for choosing that the, your partner uh, in the new society that you want to feel sense of belonging? Um, so sometimes you feel that, oh, I love this new culture. Everything is really easy for me. Um, and uh, I don't like to get back to those experiences that I have. Mm. And some of them is going to be to going to be related to the traumas that you had in the past. So because you kind of want to prevent them, so you prefer to uh, experience something which is completely new and you don't have any idea so you start from the scratch mm. that's one part uh, but it's not actually good for everyone because some people are so 
close to the, to the culture that they have. They're very connected to the culture they have. And they still um, want to carry those things because mm-hmm. as we talked before, we have good and bad things. And these good and bad things is like different for different people. Um, so if it, uh, it works, that, that's a really good option. Uh, when, especially uh, when you are going to the new um, society, that will be actually better because you, are much, uh, you have more, uh, much more option now because you're open to, the, uh, you know, to um, foreigners as well. Um, but I cannot say that's Sorry, good. I love it when Iranians come to Canada and call everybody else foreigners. They it's are my foreigners. Favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're always at the center of it. Oh, these foreigners. Yes, yeah, yeah. they are foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so, yes, um, I can say that's different for different people. And, um, yeah. What, what do you think of that? What, what do you think of the... I mean, in this question of whether it, it's easier or harder to be with a non-Iranian if you're if you're of Persian background. Right. I think um, the first thing about having a relationship is to accept and truly come to terms with the fact that you cannot have everything in one person in one relationship. So we have to decide what weighs more for me as a person. Mm-hmm. So you have to give up on something. If you want to be with an Iranian, then you have to probably deal with some of the complications one way or another. <laughs> you know, I talk about myself. I'm so traditional and I'm so modern. Mm. You know, I can say about everybody the uh, same thing that we are somewhere. We have a hybrid culture and that's important. Do I want to deal with that complication? For some people, it is worth the work because of the good qualities we have. For some other people, they choose not to stay with uh, within our community or pursue their chances in other uh, cultures. You know, it's a personal choice, really. When we talk about um, Persians and, and love and practices and, and, the, and sort of some broad issues that have, have come up, we, we, we've been doing a, a series on Rook Media um, called Unmarried Persian Girls that Keon, uh, our own Keon and, and uh, she and Nasri and, and Tarane have been um, hosting and they, uh, where they talk about issues and something that came up that um, got the audience quite animated was that was talking about commitment and particularly talking about infidelity in men, uh, Persian men. <laughs> and there's this, there is a general idea that Iranians have trouble with commitment and specifically that Persian men are notorious cheaters. Um, do you believe that to be true, Yasemin? Uh, your husband accepted, of course. And, and if so, why do you think Iranian guys are made this way? Yes, I do agree with that statement. Sorry, everybody, for that. But uh, I think it is true based on 10 years of practice uh, with both Iranians and non-Iranians. Statistically, like you see so many more people like Persian men cheat, but not just men. I can say honestly, women are cheating more and more, Hmm. but men cheat more. Hmm. That is still the case. I think it goes back to the power struggle, you know, with the weakening of the patriarchal system, men are losing their power. And that's a need for power and the ego and the narcissism is being displaced onto other areas. You know, it can be about other relationships attracting uh, more women, Mm -hmm. or it can be about a status, money, jobs, 
they are fighting to have some sort of an ego and the definition is changing. And I think one of the reasons uh, they want to pursue more women is to boost that kind of an ego. Mm. So it's not really about other women or about sex or anything. It's really about power. The underlying need is about power. Neda, your thoughts? So it goes to that confusion that we talked about. So um, they don't know what they want. uh, And most of the time, they want to find everything in the relationship. So they kind of forget the parts that they had in their uh, individuality. So which means that um, sometimes they just cheat because they just want to escape from the things that is happening inside. And um, they don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to communicate it again. Mm -hmm. And um, they are some taboos in their family probably, in their extended family, Mm -hmm. let's say, uh, because the traditional uh, culture says uh, family is really important. That's the way that you should keep your you know, marriage. But when we go further and further, we can see that marriage and your partnership is getting more important. If you're happy, you're going to stay. If you're not, then you think about what Mm. is important in the extended family. But this confusion is, again, go back to um, some of them is going to back uh, to the expectation of the family as well. Sometimes mm. your relationship doesn't work and you don't want to accept it. So you prefer to dis- just escape, to ignore everything and just go away. And sometimes, as, uh, as Yasami said also, um, it's not about uh, having sex or trying new people. It's not about that most of the time. It's about kind of gaining that part of you that you have missed for many years and you think that, oh, I found it. It's a really good feeling. I feel um, I belong somewhere. Mm. You know what I mean? And uh, you don't have that feeling in a relationship, but you don't know that maybe this is not about your partner. It's about how you deal in your partnership. And most of the time you forget that when we talk about the relationship, most of the time when people come to us, they say, okay, this is him or this is her. She did this to me. He did this to me. So they never talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's a really, um, it's a really dysfunctional dance that um, Persians are doing around this uh, this cheating thing. Because mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, I mean, I can only this is my unscientific survey of those I, I know around me, and based on talking to people about this and stuff, you guys are more the experts, obviously. But but it seems to me that. Um, even based on what you've just said, there's this general acceptance. Uh, partner, our partner, my partner's going to cheat, you know, um, uh, and I'm going to accept that. But then there's, the, it's 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 not actually overtly, um, in in terms of some form of communication, negotiated. It's not like, okay, honey, let's talk about this. You know, I know you're going to need to act out sometime in the next few years. How do we feel about that? What 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 do I feel about? That? Here's what you can do. Let's we get. It's just this thing where the partners don't talk to each other about it. Um, I mean, I, I I had a guy. I knew a guy. Poor guy. I'm throwing him under the bus here. I'm not going to say his name, but the, I was at his wedding. You know, and I was like, wow, you know, so here you are, you know, now you're going to be with one person for the rest of your life. 
<laughs> and he was like, wow, I mean, come on, you know, that's not, I'm, I'm going to, you know, continue to do what I do. She doesn't need to know or she won't care or whatever. I mean, it's just this like weird, really? We, the, we, we're, why even play the game? Why pretend? Why, why don't we just say, okay, we're going to be polygamous? And um, so it's, it's extremely dysfunctional in this space, is mm. it not? It, it definitely is. And, you know, we're not good communicators. We do not communicate about anything. And we don't communicate about more difficult stuff at all, like about sex, about commitment, about trust. We don't, you barely, like if ever, hear a Persian come out and talk about having an open relationship. But you know what, I'd rather have an open relationship with you, would you agree? They don't do that. They don't talk about it, but they actually have open relationships without talking about it. So, th- I, you know, they want to uh, present a picture, a facade, mm-hmm. but then on the background, something ha- else is happening. But the problem is not the person. I think it's a culture. You know, when you're going to school, you have to do something at home and you have to lie about it at school. Like if you have satellite at home, you, you're taught from like oh. early childhood. When you go to school, don't t- tell them whatever. So this whole lying thing, pretending thing hypocrisy is somehow uh, ingrained in us Mm. and then combined with lots of other cultures so portraying a picture and doing something else is somehow a part of this whole thing but you know I think it's way more to it again I do see a lot of power dynamic in uh, multiple relationships Mm. and honestly for women too I said that we do see women cheating more it is also a backlash of the same thing that you know what you've been cheating now i'm gonna cheat on you so women are not taking it as much anymore is 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 any part of this about again you know here we are on valentine's week or something that is it is any part of this the pressure that iranian women or and men feel to sort of satisfy societal and familiar uh, family uh, expectations around who their partner should be. So they end up with someone who isn't their fantasy partner, but somebody who checks off a bunch of boxes that, uh, you know, works societally, and then they're unhappy, and two years later they want to cheat? Or is that a simplification? I think it's an oversimplification. I do not agree. It might be the case for some Mm. more traditional families that they choose a partner or they have very specific standards that you have to get married with such and such person. Maybe it can apply to some people, but definitely not. Okay. But don't you feel there is a pressure in the, I mean, obviously, you know, you would know people in the Persian community. I'm in love with him, but he's a plumber and my parents want me to marry the doctor. Yeah, it is true. It definitely plays a part, but I think it's way more to it. Hmm. You know, it's just one piece of a puzzle. You know, you might look at the tree, but you're losing the whole forest. And there's <laughs> way more to that. Did, and can I say something? Yeah, please. Um, so when we talk about marriage, we talk about a partnership between two mature people. And when we still... Uh, think that my parents said that I did that yes you are right maybe you were not mature that but this is your choice now again we go back to the choice Mm. you have to choose do you want to live as a kid in your marriage yes you can do 
and uh, go everywhere, do whatever you want. Don't accept the responsibility and always say, I, I did this because my mom made me to do this. I And this is hard, of course. I'm not saying it's easy to move on or you, it's not easy uh, to choose a new way of life. It's painful. I understand that. Healing is painful. It's not It's not easy journey, but again, it's your choice. How but do you Persian want it to- But Persian kids have, have trouble standing up to their parents. It's, I mean, by kids, I mean people in their 20s and 30s. You know, it's the, 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 this, this issue of parental pressure, um, whether it be around occupation, a career, or and certainly around choosing the right partner, uh, I've seen it over and over yes, again. Yes, right? we, we all had that experience. I had my that experience as well. Like, not the pressure, but uh, like maybe I wanted to do this, but my parents put, like uh, felt that I need to be a doctor or engineer. Mm. That's good for me. Okay, because all the parents, whatever they do, they do it because they think this is good for us. They think, but they don't think what we think. That's the problem. And when we get older, we still, you know, we still think that because that happened to me, so I'm still in the effect. Mm. I don't want to cause, be a cause, because being a cause it brings me responsibility. I ha- I want to choose this marriage because of this. I want to leave this marriage because of this. I want to go to the therapist and he, uh, like but I dare say you're, you're letting you're letting Persian parents off the hook I mean I, I yes I agree that that's why they they're they're trying to be protective or mm-hmm. the care or we but but I, I think there is a strand of I mean again in my unscientific survey over the last few decades of living in the West there's a strand of intolerance in Persian parents um, and lack of understanding when it comes to their their you know who their kids are going to date, who their kids are going to marry, who their kids are going to cohabitate with, um, that I don't see in in other societies. I certainly don't see in the West, Do you know where a parent where a parent may say a Canadian, a Canadian parent mm-hmm. may say, you know, I don't really like the, this this person that you're dating. She's not my cup of tea. But mm-hmm. if you're in love with her and you want to be with her, okay, you know. And in the Persian family, it's like, uh, over my dead body, you will not be with this. Per-. I mean, it's it's this whole drama, That's and you know, right, yeah. And you were going to give me, you were going to tell me the reason. One of the reason is that because um, we are from actually collective um, culture, and everything is meaningful in the group. So, and that group, parents is part of that group. That's uh-huh. one reason. But the second reason, which is really important, we because care what others think. Yes, uh-huh. but there's another reason. We are not independent. How do you define independency in 18 when you're 18 in uh, Canada? And how do you define independency when you're in Iran? You have opportunity here to go, leave, earn money, and live by uh, like. But they live here now. It's a, it's, a, it's a 25-year-old but, man who okay. lives here now, yeah. and their parents are saying, no, you, she, you can't marry her, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, that, what does that have to do with Iran anymore? Is he financially independent? Let's say he is. I Let's mean, say or he is. Okay. <laughs> uh, does, does that make a difference? Of course. Because I when see. you feel that you get a lot so of things from your family. So if he's still living family, at home or whatever, then, then it's like they get the right to, to say who he can date and who he can't date. Yes, because then you think that, okay, um, if I do this, they're not going to do this for me. So I have to obey them because my control is... Well, that doesn't sound healthy at all. Of course it's not healthy. This is what I mean. This is what I mean. Because we, like, in a lot of occasions, we think we are mature enough, okay? Uh. But part of this maturity is that, like, you are not going to be dependent 
in many uh, parts to your family, to mm. your extended mm. family. But uh, when you still think, uh, you still think, okay, if I do this, if uh, my parents is gonna, mm, you know, they're gonna uh, abandon me or they don't wanna even talk to me anymore, that's understandable because they're your family, they are your parents and yes. you love them, of course, and you don't wanna hurt them. That part is completely understandable. But sometimes we think that if I do this, um, so I cannot work in my dad's um, um, office or, um, you know, right, right, anymore. Right. It's a so, little bit more. So right, my right. my situation is going to be really shaky and my interface is going to change. So right. because I keep that, I have to I have don't to inherit the oil company. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you see that? Uh, to, what do you think of this? So you, what you are you thinking what, right now? Yeah, I think uh, um, parental pressure is there and it's like so dysfunctional and cheating is there too there are some overlap but one is not the reason for the other necessarily mm. you know that's when i oh, do oh i wasn't not necessarily correlating them i was i was moving on to parental pressure right. just because netta brought that up uh, mm. but uh, right. uh, and and how that can affect relationships uh, for persian immigrants just you know i've had i've had uh, clients uh, non persian western cultures uh, the the child is tw child 27 and they come to family therapy to help him move out like he's 27 what's <laughs> wrong with him why does he still live in the house with us and then i've had clients from iran uh iranian clients uh the kid is almost 40 and they want to do family therapy to see what's wrong with him. Why does he want to move out? He's not married yet. So <laughs> yes, the parental pressure is there. And I do agree that there is a fixation still from how it used to be back then, like 40 years ago in Iran. And uh, they impose so much pressure in all decisions. You do see young children here, they want to go to school. And they've been like, I've had clients, she's been um, applying for eight years because she only wanted to become a dentist. Eight years just to make parents happy. Mm. This is a disaster. So the same thing that you see in Konkur back in Iran is right. happening here right. by the parental pressure. And all decisions, same thing, what you wear, what you do, what your friends are, uh, what you wanna study, who you wanna marry. We do have some uh, over-controlling parenting styles and it is a trouble for sure. And they have not adjusted to the new world. Let me ask you both about um, uh something that that comes up a lot I mean this comes up often on this program and and yes I mean you've mentioned it a, a couple of times I think we've, you've both said this word and I want to learn from you on this that this notions that Iranians uh, have major trust issues um, and that is maybe that is a product of our turbulent history you know we don't trust anyone right? uh, and and it occurs to me that given the f that the foundation of most healthy relationships, I've always been told, is trust. Um, this would be quite problematic. How, how do you see trust in the Persian immigrant community, and particularly when it comes to to the matters of of heart and love? Yes, I mean, I think we do have trust issues, not because. Uh we fundamentally have psychological problems, but because we are coming from 
uh, anxious backgrounds in terms of lots of uh, honestability, financial, social, uh, you know, we're all over the world, like Iranians, we're scattered all over the map. And uh, because of so much uncertainty, we've, uh, we've been experiencing so much anxiety and the anxiety impacts our being. So the world becomes uh, a scary place for us to live and people same thing you know that's the, an anxious brain the anxious brain is with you everywhere but the problem is that we might have been traumatized because of all the complications but we stay in the victim role we do not work our ways uh, out of it not in our relationships mm. not in our you know uh, mindset in terms of how we live and how satisfied we are so yes we do uh, have that problem i think but the problem is that we don't consciously do the work to rebuild that trust not in the relationship not in the community as a whole and what does what does that lack of trust do to our relationships i mean how how do how to, uh, to to put it really nakedly? How how do how do Persian couples stay together if there isn't wow. a trust there? Yeah, you know, divorce rate is extremely high. I know both in Iran and outside Iran. That's like not even believable. Like uh, one in uh, every three marriage, one of them ends up in divorce, mm. and it's a disaster. You know, it's highest than ever. And same thing uh, in the... It's particularly high given the traditional culture. It's exactly. not necessarily high given rates in the West, et cetera, but mm. given Persian culture, it's, it's skyrocketed, right? Exactly. And we have lots of couples, again, a high percentage, who stay together, but they don't share lots of what they should share. So they are on the paper, they're together, they live in the same house, they sleep in the same bed, but lots are not being discussed or they don't share lots of their lives as a couple. Neda, where are you at on this question of trust? Yeah, for Persians in, the, in, in relationships, etc. So from the first that we cannot expect trust because trust uh, is going to be built in the relationship. So if you come to the relationship and they say that I don't trust this person, I think you need to find out what is inside of you or what have you experienced before that you don't have trust because you don't have enough information for the new, uh, like, your new partnership or your new relationship that can say, I cannot trust this guy. So you need to be open to, again, we get back to the communication. What makes us to trust someone? If you trust someone, you're gonna tell secrets. If you trust someone, like let's get back to when we were kids, right? When you trust, I, I have a secret for you and I just wanna share it with you. It means that I trust you, mm. right? And uh, But it's not gonna happen overnight. It takes time that you feel that this person is trustworthy I can share a lot of things with you and most of the time trust actually happens in tough moments of life right I feel like you're giving me an academic answer the question wasn't why don't Persians trust each other on the first date I mean I get that it has to evolve it's it's do we ever trust each other it's it's how how do we how do we start to to weave real trust into our into our into our relationships within our community 
be they romantic or even business relationships. I mean, the amount of times I've been, to, I've been told in the last two years since we started this show, mm-hmm. yeah, the business relationship broke down because we didn't trust each other. I don't trust any Persians. I went and worked with a non-Persian. You know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's endemic, right? It's, you hear it over and over again. You think, well, there must be something to this. Mm-hmm. So maybe when we talk about trust in Persian communities, it's a bit different because um, we most of the time think that what can I get from this person mm-hmm. we don't think that what can I give to this person so when we talk and then and that it has a reason because we have been in the uh, like the history that we felt that everybody came and just got something from you yes. yeah well right? that's certainly true like just yeah. go back to many like years ago like in the history we felt that okay we felt that this I don't know uh, this person comes and save us and he couldn't yeah. and next one comes he couldn't and then let's get back to the I don't know even very you know long time ago and you see that okay that person was supposed to save us he left us you know, mm-hmm. and we always th- that, that person could be the British, by the way, or the Russians. I mean, yeah, we've been over and over exactly. again. The Iranians have been ex- Exa- sort of exploited. It could, yeah, be, yeah. it could be different people, yeah. different, I don't know, different countries. It, it could yeah. happen around the world. And you feel that, okay, everybody just want to use me. C- can I ask you a, a general question, Neda? Do you yeah. think that, um, and then Yasmin, you can answer this as well. I, I tend to say this, and I, I do believe it, but I'm, I'm curious, given your... Your, your your background and what you guys do, whether you, uh, I mean, uh, your expertise, whether you agree with this general statement that, that in general, mm-hmm. Iranians are traumatized people. I mean, based on uh, not just our distant history, but our recent history of the last 50 years um, and what we've had to endure and even what we continue to adore, endure, you know, just on you open social media or you check the news or whatever and there's always some horrible incident or atrocity or sad event or something and and that that leads to a community a global community that is just traumatized do you think that's true Mm, yes we can say yes but i don't think it's just for iranians it could be uh of course when um in different countries are different but let's say um, pandemic right mm-hmm. that's that's global and that made a lot of people around about tra- traumatized why uh, if you just even check the psychological issue that happened in the um, like last two years mm-hmm. the uh, uh, the rate of the depression mm-hmm. you can find it that it's not just about one certain countries that we say okay because of this happened in my country I am I cannot um, I cannot live like a normal person no anymore. but people who've been through for example, genocide, you know, mm-hmm. or in, in, in parts of the world or whatever. I mean, they, they tend to, I mean, revolution, war, atrocities, planes being shot down. There's, the, you know, mm-hmm. there's a shopping list when it comes to yeah. Iranians of things that the, the community and displacement because of all of that, mm-hmm. right? We had to flee the country walking through Pakistan because there was a war and, you know, bombs were falling on our heads or somebody was putting my dad in jail. I mean, there are many people in the world who don't have that as their background. Mm-hmm. Yes, history affects us, of course, affect all the people around the world, and we are not exclude, uh, excluded from what's happening in, uh, in our country. Um, some, some of the things that happens around the world are not inevitable, right? Mm. And some of them are. Um, and we can 
But the most important part is that we need to understand we cannot do anything about that ha- the things that happen to us mm. out of our control. It sounds right? like you think I'm making a bigger deal of that, the, the, our community being traumatized than it is. Is that true? You think I'm, think I'm overstating that? I think so. Mm. Because I think this is um, what actually um, makes people not to move from where they are. Not, I mean, I don't mean Iran country. Yes. I mean, from the place We're that is We're self-victimizing, oh, yes, so we, we are, can't move yes. forward. Uh-huh. Uh, so we, I think we focus a lot in the past. Mm. And mm. also, if you just want to talk about the history, even we focus a lot about the our pride moments. When mm-hmm. we talk about mm-hmm. past, we say, oh, we were Sirius. like this. <laughs> yes, yeah. like yeah. we were like this. We were, if we mm-hmm. were traumatized, we, we, we have been those things as well, mm-hmm. right? But it doesn't really matter because you didn't have any control of what happened to you. No, but, but this is, sorry, I mean, I'm not going to debate you on it, but it's, it, this is recent history. Mm-hmm. We know families who were affected directly, but most of us know families that were uh, by the war, but, you know, all of us were affected by, mm-hmm. my family was, the war, the revolution, you know, we knew people on the planes, seven five two. What? Pick your, you know, whatever. I mean, there's a, there's a lot that's that's happened, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's. I don't think there's anyone who's come on this show, in the last, you know, in two hundred episodes we've done, that doesn't have some story, that about, like some, to be honest, sad, you know, event that happened in their family or in their own past or whatever, with respect to needing to leave Iran. And I mean, sometimes we just don't do it anymore. And we're asked about those stories because it gets tired after a while. Everybody goes, yeah, yeah, we know they had to escape from Iran and there was bombs and, you know, there was a regime and they disagree. And um, so it's, it's a, yes, I mean, I'm, 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 let me bring you in here. What do you, what do you, what are you thinking? So I have a slightly different opinion on that. I would say affirm yes. That yes, we are. I do see ourselves as uh, extremely traumatized uh, people, and uh, regardless of where we live, I think it's um, across the globe. It's both inside Iran and outside, and because of everything we've been through, you know, I think uh, human beings are uh, built to live with a certain level of uncertainty, but we've been exposed to much more than that and it's been traumatizing and I think unfortunately the next few generations are also going to be exposed to the repercussions of everything yeah in the future too I should have brought you in earlier so you could debate Netta instead of (laughs) me debating her (laughs) do you want to respond to her um, no, I agree with her. I didn't say that we are not traumatized. Oh. I said that the place, uh, it's not just about Iranians. It's not about, um, as she said, that it's not just about Iranians who live in Iran. We are traumatized everywhere. So we, we sometimes think that, um, like, if we change the place, everything is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But we carry those things with ourselves. So we need to do something about the things that we uh, we want to carry. That's that's the whole point. But yes, mm-hmm. you're right. Back to the choice of what you put in the suitcase. <laughs> Message clearly sent. Uh, you've and got, you've got your talking add, point. Yes. I wanted to add that uh, I think Iranians are extremely resilient, exceptionally resilient. I do give them a lot of mm-hmm. credit. Now I can confidently say I've worked with multiple nationalities, like cultures, Western, Eastern, in between. Iranians are so resilient. Mm. It's like, it's unimaginable what they've been through and how hard they try to pave their way and find a life for themselves and the people around them. You know, this is really uh, something to give them mm. credit for. You guys have been amazing. I, I can't obviously keep you here forever. Uh, so um, um, I'm going to have to 
draw this to a close and let you go. I, 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 but I mean, before we do that, um, first of all, I hope you'll come back and we can um, go deeper into some of these issues. Um, but secondly, I thought we would might end on a, a little bit of a, um, not a prescriptive uh, note, but a, a, a little bit of um, uh, an affirmative kind of look at how, wh- how you believe we can start to change things. Um, first of all, I should say, we've had a couple of therapists on the show that say the notion of therapy itself you know, employing people like you guys, talking to you, you know, um, uh, following you on on social media or whatever, was quite taboo, or there was a lot of difficulties with it in Persian culture until recently in Persian circles. But that's that's really changing. Do you see that in your practices? Very much so. Very yeah. much so. And it's become it's become the norm. It's become the trend to have a therapist, to follow therapists, to educate themselves about uh, psychology, about themselves. Self-awareness is huge now. It's a good trend. I do admire that. And yes, I do agree with you. And you? you yes, agree? same here. I think um, it's a um, huge change. And one of the reasons I think in recent years is that uh, you know the concept of the coaching that's I mostly do coaching um, actually make it really easier for people to open up because when you talk about therapy like for many years people say okay so I'm sick I need to go mm. you know it's like you go they to like the, the word coaching exactly, better yes because you <laughs> say that oh I'm gonna learn something <laughs> right, here right. and that's right because coaching and therapy are two different concepts you need to clar- mm. clear um this point here, uh, but um, you need to start from somewhere. Uh, we all, whoever we are, uh, in any kind of situation we are uh, or pos- position, we all need someone to help us, to observe us, to consult. Yeah. And that's true. That like it's not that you have some issues or you have a problematical person. Mm. You're not. Uh, we always need to ask for help, and that's going to be very trendy, which is great. I've, uh, here, here. I've, I've done therapy for years, mm-hmm. uh, and especially in recent years, I've, I've really kind of, I, I actually feel more comfort, or I trust a person more if I know they've been in therapy or that they're in therapy. I just kind of go, okay, that's good to know. That means you're, you're, you know, you're, you're pursuing that. You kind of answered my final question to a certain extent there, but let me put it to you guys anyway, um, as a final thought. In terms of some of the concepts we've talked about today and the the challenges for the Persian community, whether it's um, commitment issues, loyalty, trust, um, loneliness uh, at Valentine's, um, what, what do you, where do you think the first place to start is uh, as a community um, to kind of address um, some of these challenges? Yasmin. I would say we need to start by talking because talking is not a part of our culture. You know, we don't communicate, we don't openly talk. If we can become more comfortable with the concept of talking about ourselves and not just talking about the weather or uh, what we've watched uh, on TV, but talking about feelings, about thoughts, about expectations, about who we are and what we want from other people around us, anything about our being can be extremely helpful to get through this whole uh, obstacle of having a wall around us and not knowing what's exactly going on, even ourselves. So I think that's the beginning of it. Neda? I actually think the same. Uh, Talking is healing because communication is actually in relationship, helps a lot. So maybe in Valentine's Day, 
<laughs> I just say no to the chocolate. <laughs> Maybe Valentine's Day. You can ask your partner. Let's sit together because you know, especially in our. I culture, don't need diamonds. I need a conversation. I need diamonds and conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Uh, so let's say in um, <laughs> in our culture, it's. Um, Actually, when we say, let's talk about it, we say, okay, there's something serious happening. Mm. Something bad is happening. Mm. So we just bring up the e like issues uh, in serious talks, in good talks. But talking is like chatting. It's, as she said, not about weather, not about shoes. It's like meaningful conversation. How have you been? How did you go? How are you doing today? You know, this is about mm -hmm. you, like, and you can ask the same questions for me. And then that's that's the place that we can build this connection, this uh, communication, mm -hmm. and then just put it as like um, maybe the start and just be consistent, you know, maybe once a week, maybe two, I don't know, in your dating or whatever you have, you just sit five or 10 minutes and then just talk about the things that happened for you and don't get defensive. Try to have that open communication with each other. Thank you so much, both of you, for coming in and um, giving your expertise, your thoughts, your ideas, sharing some personal um, moments as well. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure people listening do as well, and um, I hope we can do it again. Hopefully. Thank you, Jian. Thank you very much, Jian, for having us here. Thank you so much. Neda Bayat, uh, coaching psychologist, founder and head coach at, of uh, Neda Bayat Coaching. Uh, you can find her at Neda Bayat. And Yasemin Karimi, uh, a registered psychotherapist and Canadian certified counselor. You can find her at yasaminkarimi.therapy. Thanks, guys. Captain Reza and uh, the fabulous Kian have walked back into the studio. Yasemin and Neda have left the studio. Gurvishaya has the microphones back on. All right. So, wow. lots. We like, we got to a lot in that. Lots, A lot to unpack here. May I just say that I think every Iranian needs to have a therapist. <laughs> every single or one. Or coach. Or coach. Well, that yeah. was interesting. And Neda said... She kind of played her hand there a little bit that yeah. by calling it coaching, she gets more Iranians interested than, than yeah. therapy. You know, we still, there's still shame Taboo. in our community around you know, seeing a therapist, but, but I'm going to a coach for my career. <laughs> I need guidance. I make $10 million a year. I need coach, but not therapist. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think, Kian? Uh, I mean, it was you fascinating. know you, I, I, I should just say uh, just a shout out to you and and uh, Mary Persian Girls the series you've been doing uh, that people can see at our uh, links to at our website. Um, it, we covered some of the same terror. I thought this would be very interesting for yeah. you because you guys on that show 
it's you're just talking about your experiences, yeah, but now yeah. you have psychologists sort yeah. of giving reasons behind and some of that. And you know what? Like, for, you brought it up. Like, the episode we did on um, is your Persian boyfriend going to cheat on you? And, you know, there's three different girls, mm-hmm. completely different lives, and we all agreed that Persian men do cheat, like, yeah, more yeah. so than non-Persian men. Um, and we got a lot of backlash from that episode. A lot of Iranian men writing in, like, this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And mm. we weren't saying that every single Iranian man is a cheater. We're just saying... Mid, like, there was there was a lot of but, but these two these experts two, agreed with you exactly I mean, the, you know, yeah. and I thought Yasemin's so, this explanation of you know mm-hmm. men are losing their sense of power and yeah. I mean, it was very oh, yeah. really yeah and it's exactly what I was saying too it's it's like a sense of power for them to you know like having you know a lot of women kind of makes them feel like oh yes I'm a man <laughs> kind of thing so it, it was yeah mm. it was really interesting so, the, the part that part was interesting to me because, first of all, they they said just in in the course of any men who might be getting offended by the notion that we're we're all cheaters if we're Persian, you know, uh, they they said women Persian women cheat too, uh, or tend to you know in mm-hmm. some cases to be doing that and and this which kind of dovetailed or was part of a this broader conversation on just general lack of trust and lying to each other and lack of communication i mean it's it's truly uh it's dysfunctional you know you know persian to hear it not from just anecdotally like ask oh my you know persian i mean it almost sounds like we're we're kind of throwing persians under the bus sometimes when we say stuff like that but to hear you know when yasamin says look i've been doing this for years uh i i see the difference between non-iranians and iranians in my practice and here's what i found right we can't debate that no, it, it was good for me to hear that. I was like, okay, so I, we're not just talking bullshit here. Like, mm. like everything that we've experienced. It's not just you cheating on your boyfriend. Others do it too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> ah, good one. I'm not a cheater. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the whole point of like um, parent parental pressures of like you know like trying to take control over their kids lives like with whether it comes to picking their partner their career whatever it is but i like that 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 talking point as well very much and especially when they were trying to differentiate between uh the newer immigrants to canada as opposed to the ones who came a little while Mm -hmm. ago and how they brought um because the culture and just generally like speaking people's mentality have changed and evolved over the years in iran mm-hmm. and everywhere else as well but in iran more so because of technology and everything else and uh, th- th- i found that very 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 fascinating because i see that i see genuine example of it like my parents are newer immigrants they came here like mm-hmm. this year moved mm-hmm. here this year so they're mm-hmm. more and even though their parents in mm-hmm. iran they're older people mm-hmm. but like they knew about white marriage they're more like uh, open-minded as opposed to like a friend of mine who was he grew up here he was mm-hmm. raised here he moved here when he was three years old with his parents mm-hmm. and like his parents are more involved in his life and he, they didn't like it when he moved in with his girlfriend mm-hmm. like they weren't married he had a kid before marriage and that was like a huge deal but my mom like to that to my mom is like well that's the fascinating I, I mean I, as i said uh, just now when, when i was with mm-hmm. nada and y- y- yasemin uh, that that's something that uh, Doctor Afari was talking about yeah. last week too on the arranged marriage episode mm-hmm. or the white marriage episode, where she was saying that that's you know oftentimes immigrant communities in the diaspora um, 
are playing catch up to the actual, to the, actual the old country old that's country. ahead of them. Yeah. So, so Iranians in Iran are actually more progressive than those in in some cases than those in the diaspora mm-hmm. who are thinking, well, this is what we do culturally, but they're basing that on something yeah. from 50 yeah, yeah, years yeah. ago, right? That's 100%. how I was raised. Like my mom like was so restrictive and like, you yeah. know, stay a virgin till like marriage, this and that. Meanwhile, in Iran, like they had progressed beyond that. Yeah. And then when I kind of compare, I'm like, oh my God, why was I raised like <laughs> old Iran, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and to because it's Valentine's Day, I will say a lot of those, um, images I see on Instagram are a lot of Persian girls sharing all the mm-hmm. wonderful gifts their boyfriends got. Yeah. And um, the two ladies, they brought it up. I mean, in, in our culture, I think it's kind of seen as you don't love me if you don't, um, if it's not based on material Spend goods a shit and load spending. Of money. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And even my own mother, sometimes she'll be like, so what did he get you for Valentine's Day? What did he do for this? I'm like, mom, it's more than that. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's how yeah. she, like to her, my father would get her jewelry and this and that, and that was the way of representative showing love. of her of his love to her. Right. So it's just it was just interesting. For what me. What, uh, what what did you Guru Shai bring you in here? What do you what do you, what's your what stood out for you as you listened yeah. to uh, uh, Yasmin and Ed? The, f- the first thing is that how difference between the relation uh, inside oh. Iran and outside Iran for because I experienced both when I was there and then when I was immigrant and. Um, I don't know if the being an immigrant has a role in it, but I tend to be like more loyal here when I, when I start relationship here. Oh, in yeah, the West. In the West, yeah. Then oh. when, why when is that? Um, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe you've just changed. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I just changed. You I used know. to cheat more. I don't know. I mean, it's okay. It's, you know, it, it's. A, um, yeah, it's hard to see. <laughs> so, I will say, me and Shia, we had a conversation once, and I think I was talking about my past, and you know, mm. I had a boyfriend, ex boyfriend, who cheated. You used to cheat more too. No, he and he was more Iranian than I was, and I was telling Shia this, and he was like, you know, even when I came from Iran to over in Canada, I mm. felt like I wasn't ready to date. I had to adjust myself to life here Correct. like to dating like kind yes. of unteach yourself but bad things, but but let's not i mean that's as they as our experts were just saying there that's that's a fallacy to think that everybody moves to the west yeah. and suddenly they're not cheating no. right? i mean it's no, no. it's no, of ha- course. it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. all it's but happening just, here or I'm even talking, worse right but i'm I think talking in the case of shia being like a, a smaller community plays a plays a role in it i think like iran is a, like 70 million people and not a lot of choices but uh, like i think that community thing like is a is a part of it as well mm. plays a big factor. so if you uh, want to cheat you should cheat outside <laughs> of that <laughs> cheat with non-iranians That's so right. that they don't it's, no, it was, what happens, harder to what happens in vegas even that comes out <laughs> but uh, uh, some of it has to do with like i, I you know it's there really is a lack of yeah. uh expectation even around communication right Mm -hmm. it's like we don't talk we're not going to talk about these things you know and so uh i do i mean i i i know couples that it makes me very sad that are in kind of a moribund marriage where and they're both cheating and they literally don't talk about it with each other like there's no there's no you know not only are they not working on the marriage it's just sort of like 
you know, we're for so that for the family for the yeah. you know they go to the Mahmoonies together and act like a married couple and mm-hmm. they they do that at Christmas time or whatever Noru's and you know and, but you know in general I mean I, I, uh, for those couples there's a lot of money at stakes and I, no, no I'm <laughs> serious true, like there, a lot of them they they stay together not even because of the kids they don't if they, I don't even care yeah but well it's, what's the it's ma- money because I feel like here yeah or like you know here I mean non Iranians mm-hmm. like in the West uh, you know would just get divorced well here's the yeah. thing whereas I'm iranians about here, i don't know about like what happens in, like, uh-huh. in iran is uh, so what's the mar- what's the money thing I, I, i'll tell you what is the money thing it's it would be a lot less expensive and more beneficial for both parties to keep their lifestyle the way it is have their own individual times as well just at times go to parties show mm-hmm. face but live your own separate lives yeah. under the same roof ish and keep the money as opposed to get divorced nasty split everything and you're gonna cr- if there is a company it's, g- it's gonna have to be uh, broken down oh, if I it's see. you see what i mean so they try to keep it together and keep it going that lifestyle just because of the money thing it's also the collectivist um lifestyle exactly. that, uh, that, that they mentioned they, as yes, well they both mentioned and that, yeah. you know like divorce in general is taboo still in culture, shunned, right yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's time, like oh um, no, stay together for yeah. the kids and for your parents and this. Well, that's what when we're talking about. I mean, and I and I, I read this, you know, in the research for last week's episode on the the white marriage and stuff. That the divorce rates have skyrocketed in Iran, but even as they've skyrocketed, they're like thirty percent now, or one third of the people who are married. Uh, compared to Western rates, that's still low. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that, that's, but but in a traditional culture that previously shunned, you know, the idea of the divorcee, et cetera, that's big news. Yeah. That, yeah. that big it's, it's skyrocketed like that. There is one more thing, actually, I want to say. Uh, going to trophy is really good, but, um, I mean, because this is a problem that I'm facing right now, so I, I want to bring it up. You know, it's for me as a newcomer who just land in a new country, I need to go to therapy, but it's expensive, you yeah. know, and I cannot do with a therapy in Iran because then I cannot share my immigrant issues, you know, because they mm. have they they have to know uh, the immigrants' issues, and so yeah, that's that's the problem that I'm facing. Yeah. Thanks, Shaya. I think that's really that's a fair point. Well, it's better than a fair point. It's a really important one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, therapy isn't cheap. No, it's especially finding a good yeah, it's you know, like a kind of psychologist and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's not not yeah. something that that yeah. I, I mean, there's been times in my life where I stopped doing therapy because I was like, I don't want to be paying this much anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, that's uh, yeah, no, that's a really good point. That's a really good point, and and also, frankly. Uh, having done a fair amount of therapy in my life, y- you know, you have to find the right therapist. Yes. You have to find the right the person that really speaks to you for you. You know that you can yeah. that really open up to, and and that's sometimes uh, if someone you know is doing it because they're kind of mandated or they're told you know mm-hmm. try this, and they go and once or twice and they get a bad impression of therapy, you might just have the wrong therapist, the wrong psychologist, wrong counselor, wrong career coach, whatever you want to call them, right? Career coach. Yeah. 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 Well, to be continued, undoubtedly. Um, Thanks, you guys. we will. Um, uh, I feel like we got to bring those two back. I've had, I know. Yeah. There's oh, so yeah. much. I mean, we were yeah. just scratching the surface of everything. Yeah. yeah. We got to d- take a deep dive. On some deep, of those dive. deep dive. Uh, thank you, the Fabius Keon. Thank you, uh, Captain Reza, Groovy Shia. Yeah. 
Uh, this is full time for Rook for today. For all things Rook and related, including how to be a patron and uh, support this program, rookmedia.com is our website, rookmedia.com. Go there for all our back episodes, lists of our guests. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Savvy Roham, talented Anahita, Ponta the Artist, the fabulous Keon, Super Parisaw, Arai Meritad, Captain Razan, Groovy Shia. Thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content. Please subscribe if you've not done so already on any or on all of our platforms. And you can find me on Instagram at Gian Gomeshi. Thank you again for listening. And as ever, as we say, Mizunbashi. Bashi.